Welcome to another episode of our podcast, In One Ear and Out the Other, brought to you by Annexivets. I'm Emma Franklin. And I'm Katrina Roberts, although most people call me Trin. We're both dairy vets at Annexa Veterinary Services in the Waikato in New Zealand. And as well as sharing a passion for all things cow related, we also share a passion for learning and passing on what we learn to other vets as well as our farming clients. So that's what's motivated us to make these podcasts. We wanted to pass on some practical information to workers on our dairy farms, as we know that sometimes the information that we we pass on and the conversations we have stop with the bosses and don't make it all the way through the farm team. That's right, Emma. In my time as a dairy vet and consultant, I've often had times where I've had a really good conversation with the herd owner, and I just wish that the whole farm team were there to be able to hear my recommendations as well. Well, hopefully we might be able to bridge that gap here today, Train, and provide some helpful tips to manage some of the more practical aspects of animal health on farm. So let's talk cows. Now today, in this episode, we want to talk about how do you manage a cow on the day of AB? So obviously, if a cow is on heat, she needs to be mated as soon as possible after that standing heat is seen, whether that's by artificial insemination, so AI or AB, or by the bull. But of course, there's more to it than that. We need to make sure that those cows are kept as stress-free as possible to maximise their chances of getting pregnant. We've talked about it in other episodes of this podcast that we really need a low-stress environment for those cows. But let's talk about why. Can we talk about the details a bit more? Firstly, let's break stress into two types. Uh, There are stresses that are short-term, so immediate stresses, such as like a dog barking to push cows up a race. And longer stresses, uh, longer term stresses like lameness. Some research has shown that short term stress uh, induced by trucking and transport reduces the frequency and total peak of some of the reproductive hormones. So this means that the follicle may not ovulate even if the cow has started showing signs of heat. Another example of this is where uh, social grouping, so cows sorting out their pecking order, in that situation, that's going to increase the stress on the cow and can increase the number of inseminations that are required for a cow to get in calf. So you probably don't want to be mixing groups of cows too much around AB then, do you? No, exactly. You really need to think about the social hierarchy when you're separating those cows out for AB and where they go after they've been inseminated, which mob they go back to. And we talked about that in the previous episode with the sick cows. They need to be returned back to their sick mob after they've been inseminated. So other more short-term stresses, some some examples that you might uh, be familiar with, um, severe weather events can cause uh, short-term stress on a cow, Um, unfriendly interactions between people and cows, such as someone getting really frustrated and using unnecessary force to row those cows up. And of course, unfriendly interactions between cows, which Emma's already mentioned. There's also quite a bit of science around the negative impact of those longer-term stresses that I mentioned, such as lameness or mastitis. So in these animals, uh, there's some good research to say that the intensity or the strength of heat signs in those cows is reduced by about half. So therefore, it's going to be more difficult to see those cows on heat if they actually do come on heat. Okay, well, that all sounds, you know, pretty good in theory train, but have you actually really seen this play out on farm, you know, in practical sense? Uh, One of the most dramatic examples I can think of was a herd where the farmer had tried to improve the setup for his AB technician uh, by building a new undercover herringbone race just before the mating period started. The conception rates, when we analysed them at the end of the season, were terrible. 
uh, compared to previous seasons, about a 10% drop, actually. When the bulls went out, uh, the conception rate improved. So despite plenty of investigation by me and the farmer, and you know, you know how much I like investigating these sorts of problems. You do like you do like to get to the end of a good problem. Yep. I do, yeah. Um, nothing had changed on farm except the place where the cows were AB'd. Now, what I'm neglecting to tell you is, is that these cows are actually milked in a rotary cow shed. Ah, so they're not used to being rode up in a herringbone system then. No, and they don't even like being touched by other cows. So they didn't enjoy um, being rode up into this new fancy undercover AB race. In the previous seasons, they'd always been inseminated on the rotary platform. So although I will never be certain, my explanation for the unexpected drop in conception rates to AB was the stress associated with the infrastructure change. Um, I guess that stress, like it will have been very stressful on the cows, but there'll have been a lot of additional stress from the humans and therefore the human-cow interaction because trying to train cows into a herringbone who are only used to walking onto a rotary platform is not a fun job. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was pretty stressful for everybody that season. So the moral of that story, I guess, which would have been a pretty rough time for everybody involved, is just don't underestimate the effect of the stress on everyone on the day of AB. I've also wondered, though, how much stress can play a part in the success rate of ABing heifers? as well. Have you got anything to say on that one, Trent? Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Em. Yearlings uh, are not always used to people, and they're not always used to being yarded, particularly for uh, a nice reason. So often yardings are associated with being vaccinated or pregnancy tested or something um, not so nice. And so if you are doing artificial insemination in your yearlings, then everyone needs to be super aware of their stockmanship ability. So anything you can do uh, to make the process go smoother will be a win-win for the cows, or the yearlings in this case, and the people. Okay. Well, let's see if we can try and bring this down to some definite to-dos then. So for these animals on the day of AB, we want to make sure that low stress, so that means access to fresh food and fresh water while the cows are waiting for the AB tech to show up. We want to keep those animals on concrete, so standing by the shed for as little time as possible so that they're not likely to hurt themselves and they've got access to that feed and water, as we've said. So bringing them to the yard and rowing them up nice and quietly and slowly, making sure that everybody is, you know, well-fed, not stressed, not trying to hurry. Exactly. Um, and just trying to take that another step further is when you're bringing the AB cows in, definitely no dogs. Uh, we need to make sure that we um, bring them in quietly, as Emma said. The other is, is that if we do have a pretty yucky day in October um, during AB, if you've got uh, paddocks that have got a hedge line, um, that's obviously ideal for shelter while the cows are waiting for the AB tech to turn up. And speaking, of course, waiting for the AB tech to turn up, making sure that there's really good communication between the farm and that AB technician in terms of how far away they are and when they're going to arrive is going to be really important, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, not everyone can be the first farm on an AB run. So ensuring that you don't have the cows in too early uh, and waiting on the yard too long, ensuring that you don't have the cows in, like you're not rushing to get the cows in and therefore the AB techs can be stressed because they're going to be running late for the next job. So an example of, of making this work smoothly is just getting a text from your AB technician um, and then letting you know when they're maybe 10 or 15 minutes away so you've got time to get the cows in. Kind of keeps everything running smoothly. 
Absolutely. And remembering that the AB techs are human too. And, you know, they've probably already, or they may have already had a really long morning by the time they get to your farm. So a little bit of patience and understanding from everybody is going to make for a more relaxed atmosphere for people and cows. I think, you know, us as vets arriving on farm after we've had some busy jobs, we understand how important it is that the people greeting us have a bit of understanding for the day we're having too. Yeah, exactly. And for any of my farmers listening, our chocolate bar on arrival goes a long way to a happy job. <laughs> I guess the next point is, is what do we do with these cows after they've been inseminated? It's really important that they're returned quietly to their, mo- their mob of cows. So that means that if the young cows always manage to gather in a herd, it's crucial that those cows return to their young cow mob. Um, as you've heard earlier, we don't want to be upsetting the social hierarchy when we're trying to get cows pregnant. So... It sounds simple, Train, you know, but some of our listeners will probably be thinking about the situation where their farm is the last farm on the on the AB run, or, you know, perhaps their AB is not until lunchtime or very early afternoon, and the cows will have to walk a long way back to their paddock, So, and somebody then has to go and get those cows again at two o'clock. It's probably not really worth sending those cows all the way back to their paddock before bringing them in for milking, is it? Yeah, it's a great question. I've had that lots of times. And yes, please um, remain sensible. In the example that you've described, the AB cows would probably be better kept handy to the shed in a close paddock with food and water uh, and then brought to the shed and milked first in the afternoon and then sent back to their night break before the main herd even gets there. So they've got plenty of fresh feed and then their friends can join them after, after milking in the evening. Yeah, okay. Now, another one for you. So what about when we're, you know, several weeks into AB and we're well into getting returns, but there's only one cow on heat. So cows are herd animals. You know, they they want to be with their buddies. So surely drafting her out on her own for AB is going to be stressful for her, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. And the easiest way to combat this is just draft her a friend to play with. Yeah, which actually, do you know what? As a vet turning up to see any cow, I always like to see a cow with a friend to play with. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. That was great, Train. Thank you. So although there's lots of science behind what we've been talking about today and lots of information that you've passed on, the basic points are really simple. We want the day to be as stress-free as possible for both cows and people and return those cows to their appropriate mob immediately after AB. If it's practical, of course. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of In One Ear and Out the Other. You can listen to our previous episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you access your podcasts. If you've got any topics that you want us to talk about, just get in touch with us. You can contact us either on Facebook Messenger if you search for Anexa Dairy Vets or through our webpage, anexa.co.nz or send an email to anexa.info at anexa.co.nz with podcast in the subject line. And while you're there on our website, you can also look back through lots of articles and how-to guides that we have on there. You can tell we're a bit of a fan of information around here. And sign up to our monthly dairy newsletter, Dairy Talk, so that it is emailed directly to you. Yeah, you'll find that quite a few of those newsletter articles do cover some of the information that we've been covering in the podcast. If you prefer a more face-to-face approach, though, um, we can come out onto your farm to provide some farm-specific training to your whole farm. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, then please get in touch with your local vet. Lovely. Well, thanks for joining us and keep an eye out for the next episode of In One Ear and Out the Other. See you later, Em.